Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup to nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of On the Side with Jackie London. I have such a fun episode today. We are joined by Vanessa Rosetto. She is a registered dietitian and co-founder of Kalina Health, a personalized virtual nutrition coaching practice from and by nutrition experts. Yes, folks, registered dietitians. Vanessa is also the acting director of the NYU Dietetic Internship, the program from which we actually both graduated. And fun fact, we actually shared an office for a few years together while working as senior dietitians at the Mount Sinai Hospital here in New York City. Vanessa's also got a master's in marketing, God, she's a marketing genius, from NYU and is certified in adult weight management and advanced practice certification from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and her current everyday work in practice, in academia, and as an entrepreneur includes working with patients ranging from all types of different backgrounds, including working with folks with GI disorders, bariatric surgery, weight management, PCOS, family nutrition, so much more. She's also spending her time meeting with clients, meeting with investors meeting with dietetics students. Vanessa was actually named one of Essence Magazine's top five black nutritionists that will change the way you think about food. But since she's a friend, I honestly could just keep bragging about her all day. (laughs) So I'm going to shut up in just a second and let her actually talk for herself. But if you are interested in the business of nutrition, in entrepreneurship, if you want to hear more about our shared experience in clinical care in the clinical setting, if you're curious about what it means to become a dietitian and the challenges versus the benefits of the profession at large, or if honestly you're just interested in hearing two friends laugh a lot and, you know, spill some tea, this episode is a thousand percent for you. So please let me know what you think of the episode by sharing a review. Maybe you'll rate the episode on Spotify. YOLO. See what it's like. Just test it out for me. Tell me what you think. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can, of course, always reach me via Instagram DM at JacquelineLondonRD, or please, 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 wherever you're listening right now, tap five stars, review this podcast. We are only as good as how visible we are here, folks. So whatever you can do to support, please, I would love to know. (laughs) Help a sister out here. Okay, guys. All right. Enjoy the episode. I'm going to be quiet. Let's get into it. Vanessa Rosetto. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. Today's question is, what's the difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist? I'd love to meet with someone one-on-one, and I'm wondering if I should be looking for one versus the other, slash, does it actually matter? Oh, hell yes, it matters. Okay, I'm going to answer this kind of in two parts. 
and then we'll see where we net out, essentially. But just to give you some background and context on what it means to actually become a registered dietitian. So the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which is essentially our governing body of sorts, um, requires you to complete a formal education program that encapsulates a baccalaureate degree and is approved by the Dietetics Accreditation Council for Education in Nutrition and Dietetics. That's called ASCEND. Um, It includes a practical component that includes clinical care, community, public health, nutrition, and food service. And there's really like four main components of this entire program that really make the critical distinction between what it means to be a dietitian versus what it means to be a nutritionist. So the first is completion of an education program that's approved by ASCEND, right? That baccalaureate degree that's mandated by that council, okay? The second is completion of an ASCEND-approved supervised clinical program. So that is key <laughs> because often you'll hear people who work in different areas of healthcare of different in different healthcare settings talking about their supervised hours, their supervised clinical practice. That's exactly what this is for dietitians, and it's pretty damn long. You will also have to successfully pass the CDR registration exam. So we call this the RD exam. And that is, there's a whole, that's a whole other beast that we don't even have time to get into today. And then (laughs) the fourth component of this is completing, continuing professional education credits that you need to maintain registration. That's sort of a note to self that I need to upload my continuing education credits (laughs) to the CDR website. Okay. Note to self, Jackie. Good one. The curriculum components are also really important and I think really paint the picture of what goes into the process of becoming an RD. So you need a background. You, you, You take courses in food science and culinary arts, food service systems and management, food and nutrition sciences, computer science, chemistry, business, microbiology, sociology, psychology, uh, biochemistry, physiology, economics, U.S. history and government, basics of food and agricultural law. Basically, you need to be an expert in both food and in the general basics of the human body. So when you think about that and what that implicates and the different areas of practice and study that you have to deep dive in in order to have a basic level of knowledge and understanding so that you can use research and understand research and apply it to your everyday practice, it is an unbelievable art and science at the same time. And it is a true privilege, honestly, to call myself a registered dietitian because there is just so much work and so much time and so much energy that goes into this process that I I can't say enough great things about working with a dietitian. So if that gives you the context, let me say this about what it means to be a nutritionist. Zip. Zero. Nothing. You don't have to do anything to be a nutritionist. You actually, your your Uber driver, your dog walker, your pilot for the flight that you're taking tomorrow, all of those people can call themselves a nutritionist. That doesn't mean anything. In order for you to be a registered dietitian, you have to complete those kind of four components of what the what the actual credential entails and what registration entails. And you also have to, you know, do that that fourth one of staying up to date on your continuing education. But that supervised practice in a clinical setting is a lot of these other things can be to some degree replicated in lots of different ways. But the supervised clinical practice is critical because having that experience in the clinical setting, when you're working with people at their most vulnerable, that is when you really have a true understanding of what the gravity of the profession actually looks and feels like, what it means to 
nourish people um, in both their most vulnerable state, but also when they're well, you know, like this ranges, this really runs the gamut of working with people in different life stages, in different areas of life, in different areas of the world. And it really looks at both, you know, the public health implications and the very hyper individualized, very personalized practice of eating meals and snacks every day and nourishing one's self. So highly recommend seeing an RD. I would say absolutely not on seeing a nutritionist. And that's all I got for you right now. I think you're going to also feel very strongly about this after you hear today's interview with Vanessa Rosetto. So without any more interruption, let's get to it. Vanessa Rosetto. You got me thinking about something crazy. Right here, which is that, Tell me. <laughs> which is that in dressing on the side, I wrote this thing that I always think about in a chapter about yeah. sugar. And it's about, it's about the idea that like I'm in favor based on the research that is available to us, or at least I'll say this in the, with the caveat of 2018, when I was doing the research for this. Okay. Based on the research available in 2018, that two dietitians, two great dietitians could look at the same research and respectfully say, agree to disagree. Like we could be looking at the same paper. We could say, so like, for example, I feel like I often find myself saying, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, shovel the Splenda into your mouth, but Splenda in your coffee, Splenda here and there, go for it. Much prefer you having Splenda in a beverage than drinking Coca-Cola by a gallon, right? Like for example, now... I feel like our profession sometimes gets to this place where like, I don't, I really hope that's true. That's still true. Like, I think that is still true of like you and I, if we were to look at the same paper, we could easily say, yeah, we both see this. We both see where these results have landed. We both see the discussion of this paper right. and we, we may come to different conclusions about how meaningful this is in a clinical sure. picture. Your thoughts. Well, do you feel like, a, like, like it's bringing the gun to the night? Amen, Jackie, because here's the thing. <laughs> If I'm talking to somebody and they're like, I like to put a Splenda in my coffee, just one. I'm like, okay, well, just put a one regular sugar. Because the Splenda is not really what's doing. But you're like, hey, it's cool. Right. <laughs> I, like, don't, I don't need to get on the fucking gram and be like, so yeah. I was listening to Jackie London and she said, right. fuck up. Right. But, but these right. people are not rooted in right. science or data, right? They're, they're right. trying to get noticed because- you right. know, Gwyneth Paltrow wrote a book about nutrition. And so they're like, well, I have a credential, so I'm going to write a book about nutrition. No one fucking cares what you are eating. They care what Gwyneth Paltrow is eating. See the difference? Right. Everyone fancies right. themselves right. important and they're yes. not. And so what are you, what, what is going to show that our profession is something that actually elicits change? We have to track the data. So all your fucking- right. It feels good. No, no. I gotta know how many people did I treat who had type two diabetes in this yeah. way? How many of them had Splenda in their coffee, and how many of them did it? Right. And what happened to their blood sugar? That what happened to their A one C over three months? But all these people—that's <laughs> what I want to know. Out here, like, wait. The other day, this I was on a podcast, and I was like, well, you know, if I have a patient and they have type two diabetes, I'm gonna talk to them about their insulin resistance. And I'm going to talk to them about carb counting. Homegirl slid into my DMs and was like, oh, no. telling even a diabetic to carb count can really cause eating disorder. And I was like, what? Like I'm finished. 
here. I'm done. <laughs> and I'm out. I'm signing. That's why I was like, I need to just be on a conversation with Jackie London so that I can go back to the sense, to stability. Because I'm like, why is it that if I give you a boundary, does that mean yes. I've given you disordered eating? It's very confusing. That is so confusing too. And also, can I just make a, that really brings something full circle mm-hmm. for me because a diabetes program was being explored and carb counting was being avoided. And I think a huge part of it actually maybe was the idea that we shouldn't be counting. No one should be counting. Well, really? Like, because if you don't know what your blood sugar does after 15 grams of carbs, then you don't really know anything about yourself. Like you, like then you as a diabetic or someone who is, is dealing with insulin resistance in any way, then you don't, you don't have any baseline. I hope that we get to the point where you're not counting carbs. The idea is to get you to understand what those 30 grams, 45 grams, 60 grams is actually looking like when you go out to a restaurant, but you don't, you have to know where to start. You need some information. Sensibility. This is what I'm trying to say, but it's like, everybody just takes these little sound bites, these little snippets, and then like uses it against you. And you're like, shut up. Shut (laughs) up. I get like sometimes I throw my phone because you know like you just start like scrolling and I'm like I I saw something yesterday that really got me uh, that really like made me almost throw the phone and it was about the idea that we shouldn't be talking so much you maybe saw this too that we shouldn't that we shouldn't always be talking so much about like telling people to to eat for satiety like to promote to eat to promote satiety and I was like excuse me why else am I eating (laughs) why else do you (laughs) eat Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, of course, sure. Sometimes you can sit around with that air pop popcorn all day or whatever, the, whatever kind of nonsense that you're also like, oh, it's our night. Like, isn't this so, isn't this junk food? And you're like, no, it's it's like a high fiber food. Like, I wouldn't call that, I call that a vegetable. It's what I call that. But okay, but okay. But like, I, I'm confused about why, like, when did that become the, the like, you know, cancel cancelable. It's so bad. Is this so bad? To uh, to your point, I was doing a deep dive into this intuitive eating research and all, and all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, all of these people only tell part of the story. I like came out of the room. It's part of the story. Yes. He's like, yes. (laughs) He's like, always like, Oh, like he never knows with me. He's like, he could come home and I could be like, so I just sold our apartment. And he's like, okay. He never knows. So he's like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I was like, I just read 50 intuitive eating studies. And he's like, uh-huh. And, he's been, and that's like also like, like, right. like, what have you been doing in that room for so long? And then, cause you know, the children are at school and I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit here and read. like, I'll just deep dive into PubMed. I know I, the same, same person. I, I to- totally relate like, deep in the And like all of the studies at the end say you then need another plan. You then need yeah. some some rules baseline something. baseline education I was like, they all they all yeah. leave that part out and he's like okay vanessa <laughs> like he's just he's like, like, but I, but okay. I think about my, what's for dinner <laughs> but i think about my mother i always think about my mother my my mother yeah. is from a third world country my mother i ate rice every single day i ate vegetables every single day and she's like you know what's wrong with you guys like and when she says you guys she means like the american population and i'm like yeah Right. It's like, (laughs) you just have too much. She's like, in my country, literally no one would ever talk about (laughs) eating to be satiated as a thing because like some people don't have food, like a majority of them. Right. (laughs) Right. Like like, they don't think this way. Why are you all thinking this way? You're trying to like, it's just like 
capitalism and trying to like sell shit. I'm like, yeah, you're pretty much on point, mom. Yeah. Uh, that's like fully on point. Huh? <laughs> it's fully on point. Like, it's fully yeah. on point. Also, remember, the precursor to intuitive eating is eating confidence by Ellen Satter. Remember Ellen Satter? She's the RD yes. slash mental health professional. Not super sexy because she's yes. like, you know, maybe looks like a school nurse. What did she say? Intuitive yeah. eating is for children. If you don't get it in your childhood, you will not get it as an adult. Open up that book and read it. She is the gold standard. She started this before Homegirl in the 90s came out up. with their intuitive eating. Yes. Homegirl over here in the 80s said this. So well, tell me you're not. This is part of this like web that we're weaving. This is still diet culture. Right. I said it. I said it. Right. Don't slide into my DMs. Don't slide into Jackie's DMs because it is the truth. <laughs> I could not agree with that more. I could not agree with that more because, okay, so I, I was just listening to another guest on the podcast whose episode, Jamie Stone, she, she just went live uh -huh. this morning as we're recording this. And I was listening to something that really got my wheels turning about the conversation that we were having is that she fully, and she's not an RD, she fully called out a, a company because on the packaging, there was this label that she found triggering. Good yeah. for her. Called up the company. They, they literally were like, we didn't think of that. That's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. And they changed awesome. it. And the, the claim that was on the packaging was guilt-free. And she was like, I hadn't been thinking about anything to yeah. do with yeah. guilt. With, with a like, why is there a value judgment of this? Why does this food have a value judgment labeled on the front? And it was such a good point. And the same could really be said about all of the intuitive eating messaging, yes. which is that if you maybe weren't thinking about that in that moment, and that's what like real food freedom actually looks yeah. like is being informed enough to make empowered decisions that work for your lifestyle. But you need to have some sort of baseline understanding of yourself, your patterns, your own hunger, satiety cues, and maybe work with somebody that actually has a science background in order to be able to share what those things might really look like for you and apply right to it's not like every time i get on social media and i see like the same people being like look at me eating all this bread i'm like girl you don't eat bread you don't eat bread you don't eat bread you don't eat cookies i don't know if you eat stop stop lying to these people right. <laughs> i eat <laughs> no no question right no question no question for all the people no question i'm eating right when i was pregnant jackie london knew how miserable I was because we shared an office and oh my and god the only thing I could eat was a smoothie that Jen Doll White oh my god put me on. Yes Remember she that? did. She what was in that smoothie? That was oh, I'm it thirsty was. just thinking about it honestly. Miralax. Oh Miralax, yeah. <laughs> Needed the prokinetic because I was pregnant and I can go to the bathroom. It was Miralax, <laughs> banana, berries, yogurt, and orange juice. It had like all the vitamin C you needed, protein and fiber, like it had all the things. So that was like that. That's and beautiful. Then, it sounds really tasty go, right now. Mm -hmm. It was so tasty. And then you would go to the gift shop and bring me little like Cadbury cream eggs. Because <gasps> oh remember God, in, that's in right. October, yes. they had the cream eggs and you would be like, I here loved, you go. I still love, although I haven't seen them they're, in a while. Where are those guys hiding? <laughs> they're, they're kind of like, wait, it's so funny because Rocco is like, mama, when are the Cadbury cream eggs coming? <gasps> because those are my favorite. I'm like, you belong to me. You are my you child. You are my yeah. child. You're my, yes. wait, 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 because you were literally pregnant with Rocco when we were together yes. at Sinai. Yes. Yes. That's I so, know. and he, and he grew, he grew into a little man who's like, where are my cream eggs, mama? Yeah. <laughs> mama, yeah. where are the cream eggs? Well, Bring them. Like, do you know how, yeah, how handsome I am? I'm like, I do. Be quiet. I do, but like, don't <laughs> tell anyone. 
never say that don't again. Tell I know, that. but don't tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah. No, this food, this food thing, it's like the same thing. Like people are like, do you make your kids eat vegetables? I'm like, yeah, I make them cut them up on Sunday. We put yeah. them in a, a thing of water and every day at lunch and dinner, well, for lunch, when we send them to school, we pack, you know, what, what vegetable do you want? And at yeah. dinner, they go in the fridge and they grab their carrots and they put them on their plate. They're like, yeah, but you should just like let them pick. And I'm like, no, they're seven and nine. They're never going to pick a vegetable. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> their, their, their pick is going to be in, unless you're calling the semolina wheat flour that is going into this pasta a vegetable, they're not going to choose that. <laughs> they're going to choose that. Find one that so you we like. We got to find Plan B. We're we're moving on to Plan B so that they don't get nutrient deficiencies. Like that's where we are now. But like, you know, they also eat dessert every night. It's like right. So like, I don't know why we can't have guardrails because I feel like I thrive with a, with a rule, with a plan, with a list. Yes. I love a list. A love list. a list. Yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, I feel like some of the rejection and some of the rejection language is fighting back against, yeah, the hyper mania. Like I remember I have this like triggering memory of <laughs> triggering largely because it, it makes me feel like, oh, I'm so, I'm so worried for you. <laughs> like a lot of Tupperware of like a lot of Tupperware coming to class with like, with like the, the crudite in the Tupperware and like schlepping the Tupperware to to NYU and to like come to class and like to sit. I, I get I get that some of this could be rejection of like the extreme nature of both like sometimes what comes out in practice as a result of like the practitioner's own issues. Fully get that, but on the flip side of that, you you don't get the privilege to to eat intuitively if you have no fundamental understanding of what's what in terms of like clear, actionable science-based information whatsoever. Like right. otherwise it's a privilege to be able to do that. You know, right. like I just feel like that it's, it's, people, it's a little bit like, tone, like there's parts of it I love and parts of it that are like, this is fully tone deaf. I, I feel like this is just another way to propagate diet culture for sure. A hundred percent. And I feel like people's intuition is just like broken. I don't, I don't know. Yes. Remember when we worked at Sinai? I'll never forget Sarah Wilson being like, I don't know anything about food. That was like our badge. We were like, right. <laughs> we are legit because we don't know a yes. damn thing about the food. Yes. Like I know yes. like what's the carbon, what's the fat and what's the protein. And I know the mm-hmm. medical therapy, but like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. I'm not going to give you a meal plan. And so I feel like right. that's what makes us all so good is because yes. we understand the clinical. And also for you that don't know, Jacqueline and I worked at a hospital that's across the street from a housing project. So the juxtaposition yes. of placement means I got Saudi Arabian princes and I got yes. from the projects who had low health literacy that I had to yes. explain things to in a, in a way that they could understand and come up with solutions about their lives. So don't Completely. come to me, don't come to us and tell us that we are going to give somebody an eating disorder. Cause I promise you we're not, we are well, hundred percent. How well versed? But hundred percent, but they only hear like a sound bite, And then they're like, Oh, well, you don't understand. No, I understand very clearly. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. The other thing, Vanessa, that bothers me about this too is the idea. So great example of this that I feel like comes up a lot. You're not choosing a physician, like you're not choosing a pediatrician for your kids because they're they're uh, the emotional age of 12, right? <laughs> like you don't choose a practitioner because of 
like you choose the person that vibes with you. Like there's multiple reasons why you choose a dietitian mm-hmm. and multiple, like in a very similar way that you would choose a therapist. Like you have to have a good rapport. Yeah. You have to have a good relationship. You have to have trust in their credibility and their transparency and their authority, but also relatability. Like you don't want them to be inhuman. But it reminds me of like how, of how you'll often hear people say things like, well, you know, as someone that only drinks Evian water, I can say that Evian water is the best. It's a bad example. Another good, like another example. As a as a parent, that that really offends me because that would never be true for my child. Why is it about you? Like you're trained as a practitioner. You're not choosing a physician because they are a parent, because of their skin color, because of their, you know, are they, are they celebrating a certain holiday. Like it just doesn't make any, like you're choosing people based on their clinical experience, credibility, education, training, and the rapport, but not necessarily, you don't have to know everything about their personal details and background. Like that, what, when did that become so very much a part of it? I think that is to some extent the fault of social media. It is the fault of social media. It's so interesting because I I am aware of representation matters, right? And so when people don't see people that look like them, they feel some kind of way. And I get that because for so long, they have not been seen or heard. Yes. (laughs) Great. Totally. And so here I am with a staff of people trying to make everybody culturally competent. Also, like, you know that I vet the hell out of everybody. And I'm like, who are you? Right. (laughs) Before you come, like, what? let me do a deep dive. (laughs) Let me just deep dive. Yeah. Let me deep dive on you. Tell me about your background. Yeah, my co-founder is like, how do you find out so much about people? I'm like, I'll let you know after we exit this situation. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll just... let you know when we close the browser. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't know. <laughs> so then I tell people, you know, people come to me and they're like, I just want a black, I want a black RD. I get it. But I'm like, you know that 81% of our dietitians are white women and only 315 black RDs in the entire state of New York and only 75 in the entire state of New Jersey. And I am counted in both states. So are you kidding? Oh, are you kidding? Well, although that doesn't surprise me and I want to talk about that, but yeah. yeah. Okay. But so, so then I'm like, okay, I, so you have to trust me that my practitioners are culturally competent because yeah. I'm one person right. and like exactly to your point, what we do is we really arm our patients with how to talk to physicians, what you, right? Like you, yes. if, if you have something going on, this is what we're looking at. So that, that's the other thing about this, like intuitive eating, do whatever you want shit. No, you are the first line of defense. We are the front right. line of healthcare. We see our right. patient every single week. How can you get your patient to go to the physician and not have the physician say patient non-compliant? You right. are the one, right? This is your right. responsibility. And that's what we take really seriously. When people come to me and they're like, I only want to see a black RD. I'm like, guys, I'm one person. You have to trust me. You And I'm, we're going to help you get, get here and we're going to help your experience be better throughout. But we take yes. that really seriously. But yes, to your point, I go to the doctor because somebody recommended the doctor to me. If the doctor sucks, yes. if I feel un- not seen, heard or whatever, then I have to go somewhere else and I'm going to find that. But just because somebody looks like you, is the same color as you, whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a better relationship with them doesn't mean that Jackie London because she's white and Jewish can't see me who is first generation Asian like they're not going to be like Vanessa you can't have rice and beans you're not you're going to be like this is how rice and beans would fit into your diet (laughs) right a thousand percent right but because 
the backstory. So it's valid on both ends. The backstory, right, right. Backstory is like, yeah, there's like so much racism. We know that there's a lot of racism right. out there. People aren't seeing like there's many stories of practitioners not doing the, the things that they need to do. But on this, in the same vein, it can't like blanket the statement. We're no, never completely. And I think that also this intuitive eating diet culture is just like capitalizing on that. Like, oh, cool. Rich, white, thin women, we won't say who they are, told us to restrict. Right, right. And now those same women are telling us to eat whatever we want. So like, right. okay, here we are. It's the right, same- so we're still in the same place, which is not feeling empowered at whatsoever. And it, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, here we are still left in the same place without information and without access to information because no one will tell us what's what. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because exactly. Yes. Nobody is drawing the line. Nobody right. is saying this is bullshit. We need yeah. to have be tracking data. We need to be telling yeah. people the truth. We need to be saying that if you're 500 pounds and five foot three, even if your lipid profile yes. looks good, you can't yes. walk. Thank you. Walk. Thank you. Right. I want you to walk. That's all. The, my goal is to get you to walk. Am I using some form of thin privilege? This is a new one that I, yeah. I feel like, what is yeah. that? Where? Why did you, but like, I, I think, and also what I'm getting at with part of this is that when I hear things like that and I hear the sound bites and I hear the kind of snippets of like, of the, the doing whatever, saying whatever, feel like, you know, thinking that, that food is more than just the chemical components of what it is. Yeah. Agree. Fully agree. But like what you said this earlier is the best thing ever. What are your goals? Are your goals to walk? Because then, then the doing whatever currently isn't working for that person. Like then, then it feels like that's a level of responsibility that you're ignoring and that you're not taking seriously as a part of. Like then, why did you go through all of this school to go do that? And and the other component of this that, that like is really what I was getting at before about the like not necessarily choosing a doctor based on their personal history and yeah. like that is the same should be true of dietitians is that like because you have experienced recovery from disordered eating in any form or some or some other such you know food related anything is not what makes you qualified what makes you qualified is that you're a dietitian you completed a dietetic internship you passed an exam you went through 8 million years of school like there's so much more to you than than just that. That's true too. I'm not ignoring your history. I'm just saying that you you also have a lot of credibility to stand on. So like, where did that go? Right. Like if you're not teaching people about how food affects your body right. and like, and you know, basic components of nutritional biochemistry, what right. are you doing? Do you know how many right. investors I've met with in the last two months? Yeah. 200. And every time I sit in front of them, no. they're like, huh. We thought what's a dietitian? Are you a health coach? Yeah, no, they were they're like, we thought <laughs> dietitians just said you could eat whatever you want. I literally had a guy say that. He was like, I I'm I was like, yeah, I know. He, I was like, because you spent a lot of time on Instagram and TikTok, clearly. And he was like, Yeah, yeah. clearly you're TikTok. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. He's like, Yeah, I feel like all these like and there are all of these companies, right? Everyone's trying to compete in the digital health space and they're coming out looking for funding and they're saying the same thing. We just want people to have food freedom. And and an investor, everybody who's listening, wants to know how your business is going to be a billion dollars so they can get their money back. And they're like, well, we can't get our money back on an idea. Like like data. (laughs) Where's the right? Where's the data? A hundred percent. Where is it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I know. I know. But now okay, so can we use this moment to discuss 
Kalina, what's happening? Tell us about it. Tell our tell our listeners about this amazing thing that you have done because you are a true badass in the realist form. And really one of my favorite people ever. You're one of my favorite You are one of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite people. Um, we've been talking about this though. This is born out of Sinai. If I could It really is. I could it really is. every single person that was there in the year 2013. Absolutely. And Take have up. them all work on the executive team. Uh, well, we would have already been worth billions. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't exist. <laughs> I know. That is the one. That's the one sad, right? Yeah, then it wouldn't exist. But yes, in a dream world, the best people, the best moment in time, the best community of people supportive. Yes. Yes. That is, that's what women helping women really looks like. Jackie, I swear to God, after I left Sinai, I had a lot of little jobs and I was like, I don't know what this is. This is like right. the world is psychotic. I did not have this experience. Like people were bringing me lunch. People were loving me. People were taking my patients to help me out. Like this Lindsay, is- didn't Lindsay get you an, you got an IV once because you were like, I can't stop throwing up. And when the first part, <laughs> your first trimester. Like in the MICU, in the You bath. had an IV in your, as you're writing the notes, you're like teaching an intern and you've got, you're hooked up to an IV. Yes. Oh, the good old days. It was so good. Um, So Kalina, you know, I started with one of the Sinai interns, Tamar Samuels. Remember, she was our intern. Amazing. Amazing. And we both had private practices and we're like, oh, we'll just join the group practices and then have hire two people and have a small group practice. And then COVID happened. And then insurance wasn't going to reimburse at the same rate, but then everything changed. They started reimbursing at the same rate. It got busier and busier. This time last year, we had six practitioners with a monthly revenue of like 35,000. Now we have 18 and a monthly revenue of uh, 94,000. And we just closed $3 million in funding to compete in the digital health space, to use the tech, to scale people. You know, before nobody ever wants to put money into people. You can't scale people. You can scale people. You have to use the tech to do it. Now we have AI. You yeah. know, eight years ago, we didn't have AI. Like we, yep. So here we are. <laughs> yes. And we're just going to just grow it. But like VCs were calling me and I was like, is this a scam? Like, why are they calling right. me? <laughs> like, like, hello? Stop calling. Stop calling <laughs> like, me. Like, what? Like, like the tentative hang up of the phone. Like, yeah. I don't know that number. I was like, this is so scary. But then we merged with a tech company. So we like merged to, you know, cap tables. We split up the equity. We have a really great team. We're really (laughs) excited. But the, I got a crash course in like venture and, (laughs) and, and I realized how much, you know, everybody wants to have a private practice or everybody wants to be this like famous dietitian or, and it's like, guys, you don't even know the half of it. You don't know like really what has to come this like direct to consumer thing where like you're on yeah. Instagram and that is never going to make anybody any money. Nope. 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 Not, nope. not long term. Not long term. Not long term. Maybe like a little cash in the pocket, yeah. but not long term. Not long term. Yeah. And it's funny because like most students will be like, I just want to like do partnerships and like write articles. <laughs> then know? why are you in school? Right. Yeah. Right. Like guys, that you don't get it. And and that's not what the goal should be. I think. The goal that's very clear is that we just want to help people. There is a whole world of yes, people that you. wellness can <laughs> yes. be for. It's not about the money, right? It's literally about, we take insurance. We take all commercial insurances. We take even Medicaid. You can come see us. There's a practitioner for you. That's it. Wellness should be for everyone. The end. 
That is. Yes. Amen. That's the thesis. That's the thesis. That's it. No, I know. No gimmick. I I mean. What is your fucking goal? You want to be 50 pounds lighter because you eat fucking sleeves of Oreos every day and you want to stop doing that? I'm going to help you do that. You want to lower your A1C? I had one guy. He was so, so, I loved him so much. He was, his diabetes was being managed by his primary care. So, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, no. Then he comes to me. You know, it's like, forget it. So the wife comes to me, they come to me and he's like, they have this little daughter, so cute. And they're like, we just don't know what to do. Please help us. And they were like, we don't know what to pay. We don't, we can't afford like they're regular people. Like she's a producer. Yeah. He works in music, like whatever. Like, but you know, not everybody is like rich. I'm like, I take your insurance. We dropped him 30 pounds. He doesn't have type two diabetes anymore. He was like, I just want to live to see my daughter grow up and have her own family. Mm. Oh God. That makes me want to cry. That's so beautiful. But also like, yes, that's what people want. That's all we want. That's all we want. So just yeah. help, just fucking help him get there without all your right. nonsense, without all your right. bullshit, without all your flashy, like fast and sexy shit. It is work. Yes. Yeah, it is work. work. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, this is another one that gets me. I Listen, should it be torture? No. No. Agree. No one, no sane practitioner should, should be recommending something that to you feels like torture and that feels like true deprivation restriction. But is it mindless? No. No. I mean, you got to plan. You got to, you got to have a strategy. You got to have like some sort of the, the, exactly what you said, the guardrails, the boundaries, like some kind of framework that you can be flexible with. And there is a part of it that is really hard, which is the self-compassion part. And I totally respect that and totally understand that too, which is that like people, you never know how hard on, on one's self someone yes. is until you're really in it with them and you've been seeing them a long time and you have a good right. report. Like that's, it's not right. until you get to that point that doesn't come out usually in the first session with right. someone. Right? right. But like the idea of, um, of, of eliminating anything remotely challenging for you, like you want to change anything. I'm changing apartments. That's hard. hard. Like any change is hard. There's no such thing as easy change. If it's easy, it's not really change. But, right? to, but to your point, right? You have to have that report. You have to understand that yeah. person. And so that's why all the solutions that we have today don't yeah. work. Yes. If, if you yes. took taking the personalization out of it, that works. Yeah. Then the obesity epidemic wouldn't be 42.4%. Yes. And I don't care what anybody says. Those numbers are alarming. In 1991, it was 12%. So we're seemingly smarter with more resources and worse off. In the next three years, we will be over that 50% mark. Like, guys, 122 million people have diabetes. Cut it out. We have to figure figure this thing out. Yes. Like, 100, 100%. Okay. I want to do something in the spirit, in the the Kalina spirit. Okay. What, so, like, someone comes in to come and see you. Let's say they're seeing you because it's a great day for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got lucky. <laughs> if they get to see you. They got really lucky. You're starting. Tell us Tell us about the in-person, one-on-one experience of going to see a dietitian at Kalina. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's virtual. Everything is telehealth. So Love you're that. welcome. That's what I meant. In-person, yeah. signing on. Yeah. Seeing, yeah. seeing patients. So, like, that first session is just you talking. I have, yes. all, the, I have all the background. But now I'm asking right. you, 
How's, how's your day? What does it look like? Well, have you ever been on a diet before? What's your first experience with food? Like, did your mother have an eating disorder? Were you food risk, like compromised, food insecure? Like, were you bullied as a yeah. kid? Like, how how is the food situation in your house? How does your partner treat you? Do you have kids? Do you work late hours? Like, what are, yes. your, what are your resources? Like, the food, y'all, is like session three. Because I got to know the what- The food, yes. What is your Ancillary. life? What is your yes, what's your life? Yeah. And then I find out the one thing, right. But you know, Jackie, cause we're skilled AF cause we had to see 20 people a day or we were getting fired and we needed to figure <laughs> out, we needed to figure out what was the thing that we could yeah. hone in on to get mm-hmm. them to have some change. That is yeah. a skill that will, that serves us all well. Right. Like then, so well, yes. what is, what is the one thing? And then it's like, Oh, you eat dinner at nine o'clock at night. Got it. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't get home. I don't leave the office till eight. When you get home, are your kids asleep? Yeah, everybody's eating. The sun. Great. I need you to take your dinner. Can you take your dinner with you to work? Yeah, I can. Can you order dinner at work before you leave? Yeah, I can. Great. You need to do that before you leave because you cannot be yes. eating at nine o'clock at night. And they're yes. like, oh, okay. And then they come home at nine o'clock at night and they're like, and then I'm just tired and I can take a shower and I've already eaten. So I don't do all these things. And they go to bed. And then every day for a week, they did that and they lost two pounds. So now they bought in. Now they're into it. <sighs> Right. I, I, I didn't take anything away from them. I just said, that's beautiful. You just, you you just restructured it. Yeah. Then it's like, Oh, I also drink four glasses of wine every night when I get home. Great. This week, try to drink three. Yes. You drink four. Right. Whatever. Try. It's about the behavior yeah. and the restructure. It's the behavior. Yeah. And also having them be successful and realize that they were successful without losing their minds. Yeah. And then, then we can talk about the food. And the mechanics yes. and what goes where and what look, you know, one thing at a time. But like the one, yes. Yes. No, keep going. Right? Like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Like I had I had this guy who's like, I do diets all the time, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but now I'm freaked out. I have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Yada 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 yada. Oh. I yes. wonder why. Yeah, yeah where did that come from? Okay. Right. All your all your shit, right? So all the yayos. Yeah. So I have my first conversation with him. He's like, this is really weird. I'm not like getting anything. I'm like, yeah, I told you what to do. Just go do it. He's like, okay. So now in five weeks, he's lost 10 pounds. He's wow. like, my body is totally changed. This is totally sustainable. I still go out with my partner on Fridays. To, like they go to this little like wine bar. Yeah. They have like their martini and they're like half pizza and they're like Love salad it. that they always have. And he's like, and I don't feel crazy. And I, this doesn't take up a lot of like mental space. He has guardrails, but he knows. Yes. He knows. Yes. Like, it's like, why do you think that if I give you a plan, that's going to take up mental space in your life, actually to make your life better? And honestly, you know, what's so crazy is that as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about how so many words are so misused and it's, it really is because of our lives that take place in a digital space, which mm-hmm. is that like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's so many things. When you search for meal plan on the internet, right. it's, it's like- so different from what a dietitian saying to you, all right, here's the plan. Right, like, or any practitioner saying that to you. Here's the plan: we're going to start with just this. Here's where we're starting. Right. Baseline. Yep. The the other thing, and I wonder if you see this a lot, but the, this was the one thing that was so true when I was when I was um, doing private practice after after work at Sinai. No one that I was seeing, for the most part, and and this was true, but like no one who I was seeing for the purpose of weight loss, more speci- more specifically, was eating anything until like like it, it was like I I have well I have a, a black coffee in the morning. I have a black coffee around lunchtime. I might have a cracker and then I don't understand. There must be something wrong with me. I, I just can't stop eating the Swedish fish that are at the 
uh, like there's there's definitely something wrong with me, right? I'm addicted to sugar. You're like, um, no, what? You didn't have any food for about two. <laughs> Where your body is running on nothing. Of right. course, it feels like it can't stop eating the Swedish fish. Like you, you're hungry. That's right. called hunger. Right. <laughs> That's real. But do you also, you also get this? You also get this. It was like I just don't feel comfortable eating before two p.m. You're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That doesn't. It's not working for you. If right. at night you eat two bags of Tostitos, elbow, <laughs> elbow deep in the Tostitos. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you got both elbows into the Tostitos no, for like, sure. Not working gonna, for you. We're gonna have to figure out another way. But then all these people come to you and they're like, "Well, my best friend lost thirty pounds doing intermittent fasting." And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, I, I don't know your best friend. I only know you, so I can only. But their nutritionist again don't care. Again. You're here with, let's let's work with me. But yeah, they don't want to eat anything. And then they, and then you know what else yeah. they say? Well, it always just happens when I'm at home. It's like, yeah, because you were your whole day was structured. So you can go yes. and not eat because you're busy AF. But when you get home, that's your time to relax. There's nobody right. telling you to do anything. So like there's nothing wrong with your home. You don't need a sage. You don't you don't need to sage the kitchen. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with your home. You're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing like the sound bath in yeah. the kitchen. It's like, no, no, I don't think so. Gwyneth <laughs> might have said that, but I'm not saying that. Yeah. That's and what then, I'm that's where my value added comes yeah. in. <laughs> and they're like, I just like, what can I eat? I'm like, can you eat a piece of fruit? Like, do you have apples? Maybe one. That? Just right. have that and like, I don't know, a cheese stick, but I don't know, peanut butter. Or, but or fruit that- has sugar. <laughs> <laughs> But then you know what I do? I, I do like, I do like a history, you know, I was a history major. And so I yeah. tell them about the calorimeter and the discovery of insulin and then how fructose elevates lipids. And I go down this deep hole and they're like, yeah. And then their eyes start going and they, you see the little circles going yeah. like in a movie. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, the best. they're like, oh, so I could eat fruit. I'm like, yes, yes. please eat fruit. <laughs> please eat it. Please eat fruit. Oh, you mean like green juice? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the banana. Can you eat the banana? Everybody eat one. It's okay. Like, Just banana. find one. They're easy to find. They're really, there's a guy on my corner right now selling bananas and they're fantastic. We have mangoes. It's a great banana. You know, yeah. my dad, Papa sent mangoes for the kids. <gasps> naturally. You make such a good point about, the, about something that I want to come back to, which is about the, the unique experience and something that like neither of us are taking for granted whatsoever, which is that the Fifth Avenue and the Madison Avenue component of where we were located when we were both doing our internship and practicing is a gift and also such a life lesson because you are dealing with people from all different parts of the socioeconomic spectrum whatsoever. I mean, from everywhere who speak different languages, who also have who are also scared. I mean, like, that's really the, the the sort of fundamental, like, if you're not speaking to people at their most vulnerable, that's also something that gives dietitians, like, such a massive edge in all of this, which is that if you don't have the ability to speak to people when they're at their most vulnerable and actually listen to them and hear them and understand what they're dealing with, then you didn't do part of this training. Like perhaps you maybe missed some of this training, but I think there's something really special about that, particularly with what you were saying about, um, about our, our current system and how it kind of shut, how limiting it is because of how expensive it is to actually become a dietitian. What is happening? Well, I mean, if you excel at sciences and you are African-American and you grew up, let's say poor, let's say you're the first generation to go to college and 
your you grew up in a one bedroom apartment, and even though you really like nutrition, but you excel, why would you be a dietitian to get fifty thousand dollars a year when you can go be an NP or a PA or a physician? Right? Like right. you you could or be you doing could just be an engineer and that yeah, would there's be that too. You can go <laughs> saw, saw that. Yeah. Like, I'm like Rocco, go run a run a hedge fund. He's like, okay, like <laughs> Rocco, <laughs> go. Go be a hedge fund manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go do He's it. Like, right? I'm gonna find out what that means today, mom. Or like, or Kate. <laughs> I want to be right. a shoe designer. My parents are like, shoe designer. I'm like, Christian Limited stars charges a thousand dollars a shoe. Do it. Do it. Great idea. Like, it's fine. Probably be. Yeah, so like good that, at it too. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, why would I go do this, especially when there's like no yeah. respect? And and also, whenever the students are like, I'm gonna go work in, at this private practice in Greenwich where we charge $700 a session. I'm like, that's cool. But like, it's going to be the same Greenwich mommy. You're going to be tired. You're going to get tired after a while. And it's not going to take that long. And by a while, I mean about three weeks, three weeks, three weeks. Yeah. When, when, when your client load is full of the same woman coming to you, where if you worked in the hospital, I'm like, I get it. It's, it's hard. You're not going to, you're not going to then we were so special because we knew I'm I sorry. I know I keep going back. No, to this, but it's like, true. No, it's so true. We knew we were going nowhere. We didn't yeah. care because we, we didn't care. thrived on medicine and being next yes. to the doctors and learning yeah. everything. So that was a different mindset. And so then we got so comfortable with talking to tons of different kinds of people that yeah. this helped us with cultural competency just because of where we were. When you yes. grab your internship and just go work in a private practice, you're in trouble. I told I totally agree. And I feel like that from from um dietetic students used to be the number one question that I would get. I think there was like this fear around which I which I understand because I probably had that going in, but it really went away fast. Like because I lo- like I instantly loved it. Like yeah, oh. you could just there's just something about there's also this camaraderie that we experience that I know is special to to the time and the place. Or at least I think it is. But at the same time, I also know that there are interdisciplinary teams around the country and around the world that also very much know that they need their dietitian. But but that also that it's very rare to feel that valued in a workplace, even when you know that there isn't that not everyone's going to read your note or that not there. There was just something about the the true nature of being on a team with a specific niche, being able to provide a specific service that is like that doesn't happen everywhere. Like it just doesn't, it's not really, Jackie, it's we not saw, really well understood. We saw a lot of stuff and, yeah. and like, what was cool was that you would get somebody that you would never think. Like I remember yeah. one time at Sinai, I had a guy in the NICU who was like very wealthy, hiding from his family that he was homosexual and had HIV and his wife was standing right there. And, and it was like, it was such a like mind blown because what, was in and he was like a yes. drug user and like, and you were like wow. what meanwhile he had his like right. Burberry jacket like hanging and right. you're like I don't even know what's happening <laughs> but, the, but the eyes, you're like how am I gonna do this yeah but my eyes were wide open then right like this yeah. is the world and the world yeah everybody comes in many shapes like flavors sizes whatever and like we cannot not give people care. You saw like how right. some doctors were super shitty and and yes. discriminatory and 
didn't care for their patient. And, you know, you were like aghast about that. And we went toe to toe with them to be like, feed the patient, yes. do your work. And you're right. It was a special moment in time and we'll never get it back. But I I'm know. so grateful for it because I have my good people like you. I know. I know. I mean, okay. Can you give us a little snapshot of the current, of the current, <laughs> to, to whatever extent you feel comfortable, of, yeah. the, of the snapshot of the university life? Of, of your academic, your other hat, your your academia hat, the think, future of, of yeah. dietetics. Well, oh. I think the future <laughs> of dietetics is really promising. I think we have- some, I agree with that. So uh, I agree. We've yes. got like great students and I'm really proud of the class that we've picked. And I think I think they're going to do great stuff. So I'm I'm proud of them, and I really love all of them. I think that you know, like a university is a university, and they're like a beast. They're a machine. They are yeah. trying to like you know get all recoup all their money from COVID. I think that they need a little bit of, of a fresh up. I think yeah. that dietetics is changing a lot, and a lot of people are resistant to that, and that that is reflective. Any like if we go to a meeting, like the next yeah. meeting, Fancy 2022, October in Orlando, we're gonna see there's old camp and new camp. And there's yeah. nobody in the middle. And it's yes. and it's scary. It's scary. And so you have all these people who really think like you have to have a PhD and you have to do I mean, I am in the camp of like you must go work at a hospital to get any kind of like I am too. I really am too. And I'm not I'm not against like and I have plenty of friends and, and colleagues who I respect who who did not work in a hospital, but I am fully in support of that. I really don't think you have like, I, I mean, it's I just don't think it gives you the same. It's really where you yeah, learn. It's where you learn. So like, so there's that, but like these people who are just like so rigid. And I think that's the problem is yeah. that a lot of these programs are very rigid. Like we do clinical, all we do is clinical. That's it. And you're like, okay, right. but the hospitals are having a hard time keeping staff. Right. Well, right. There's this whole like eating disorder world that people are really interested in. And we have to help them. There's this, re- yeah. like, you've got to give people what they want. Right. You right. have to be better right. at training. Also, all of these people long-term want to have their own practice, like show them how to do it. Teach them yes. how to do it. You're not doing that. The other, the other thing that I, there were two things that like in hindsight that I really wish that I had had as a part of the education and training. One is just basic level marketing. Like if someone had just marketing 101, like if someone had talked to me about that in a, a, I would have taken that sort of three week course in the summer. I would have a hundred percent done that. Number one. The other one is the, on the, in the less glamorous side of things would be insurance. Like, please someone help me. (laughs) I always think about the paperwork that is like, Help us break in, us break this down for us just a little bit. Just yeah. give us a little snapshot. In in the clinical practice class, I do do like an overview. But here's the thing: if you want to take insurance, you need to have a biller. Yeah. You need to have a biller because insurance changes so frequently that yeah. you need someone to help keep up with all the changes. Right. Because you could right. you could transmit a claim and they yeah. change in the transmission what they're paying for. Somebody has to be watching that. So if you're a solo practitioner, what are your margins? The margins are like 10%. You're not making any money. So can't make any money. You have no time. So unless you're going to be the hustler of the year, go work for somebody else. Like Kalina Health. Just saying. You know. But like are you guys hiring? By the way, let's just make a shout out right now. We give benefits. There's paths. 
for I, his option. And it's virtual. It's be at home. Wow. And nobody bothers you. I, we, <laughs> I don't bother them. Like They'll be like, <laughs> the other day, one of them. Like, you're like, I know your social security number by heart. <laughs> but of, I don't bother you. I know everything about you. The other day, one of her, one of them, bless her heart, she texts me and she's like, so I was talking to one of my patients about her potassium medication and she was telling me that she was eating like a ton of kiwis and bananas and I was just like letting her know that's like really high in potassium. And then she yelled at me and told me that my comment was triggering. And I was like, what, what are you trying to what? say to me right now? Triggering about, yeah. triggering yeah, about what? And she was like, I just don't want her to like call and complain about me. I'm like, who cares if she does? And she was like, oh, I was like, you didn't say anything triggering. People are going to feel any kind of way they're going to feel like, I know you do a good job. All the reports about you are how wonderful you are. Sometimes people have bad days. So given our virtual lifestyle, so everything started March, 2020, obviously, this is when all the things went down. Yep. Like how quickly was the transition for you guys? Like, so you were just, that was when you were just starting to be approached by VCs. What was that? Yeah. What was this so like? what ha- well, what happened was we, we, we each have our own private practices and I had an office in Hoboken right. and then we joined the private practice, but then COVID happened. So we hadn't gotten like a big space or any of those things, which is like yeah. helped us. We, yes. we kept, the, we kept the little office in Hoboken because it's like a thousand dollars a month. Right. And we have like a, you know, an office space in, in Manhattan. And that was that, right? Okay, great. And then we took our first patient as Kalina in July of 2020. And then by April of 2021, VC started calling. And yeah. I'm like, what? Because it's the first time that they're seeing practice like this. Because, you know, yeah. first it was fertility. Right. And it was mental health. Yes. 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 So are we, are we going to be the category leader? No, I think there's room for, for multiple people to play in the space, Mm -hmm. but people are going to, we're going to make it that people know what nutrition can do. Vanessa, that's so beautiful. And that makes me really feel like crying in the best way. I just feel like, like talk about the ultimate powerhouse of a person that you are bringing that brilliance to to something that is so underserved and so very much needed. And so, I mean, listen, like we know, and we, we talk about, I mean, obviously this whole conversation, everybody eats, you got to eat to live. (laughs) So ultimately, the the relationship is complex and people need to figure that out. It's not easy. And like, and also, you know, like people who feel like some kind of thing, like, Oh, you don't need to be accountable to anybody forever. I don't know. Maybe you do. Like I have a board. I can't just be rogue. Like I have people that I have to answer to. I have to hit milestones. I have to do things. Like maybe some people just need that forever and ever. And some people don't. Everyone's different. They need help. And we take insurance. So like, who cares? Yes. Okay. Wait, wait, did we finish this part of the conversation about insurance? So like, so you have to have a biller because otherwise your time, this is where all of your time goes. And also all of your energy and your margin is zero pretty much. Zero. Um, zero. So you have someone that's fully responsible for this. That makes it that much easier because you're so right. That, that is probably the hardest thing. And by the way, in any job that I've ever had, I feel like this is easily like the, the sort of personal admin that goes into like the time spent on those sorts of things. I feel like you could dedicate you could dedicate at least one month. I would have liked to have that one month in advance of starting this, and you know? That's what, that's what people don't get, right? right? It's like, if you want to have a practice that is robust, right. you need all of these people in place. And yeah. if it's just you, yeah. it's very hard to do. Yes. 
What do you feel like is the one thing that like smacked you in the face in starting all of this that you were like, whoa, I had no idea about that or how hard that was or like, whoa. Actually, it was the pitching to the investors because you know when, yes. you, when you think about yeah. and like you think about terrifying. how like it's, it's terrifying, but also it's like, oh, they're just going to invest in the founder. Like they only care about the founder. It's like, okay, well, if you want to invest in the founder, I'm the founder that you want to invest in. And yeah. that wasn't enough. Right. That wasn't enough. That was a smack in the face. Wow. That was like, it's like, how do you present this to these people? How do you give them conviction that you've done enough? And also like, we don't owe anybody any money and we are making money. So it's like, okay, this is slam dunk. And it's like, no, no. (laughs) So those were the things that really punched me in the face to really like humble me down to say, you need to be more buttoned up. Things need to be very co- like cohesive. Everything yeah. has to have a plan. Everybody has to be in their lane. Everybody in your organization has a job. They have to do that job. And that's the job that they do. This is not about friends. This is about business. And if you're actually trying to show that nutrition is a modality that elicits change, how are you doing that? Yeah. How are you doing? Wow. Forget all the other shit. I don't care. I don't care if anybody knows my name. I don't right. care. Every time someone's like, they're like, why don't you write a book? I'm like, oh, Jackie London wrote the book that I would write and she did it beautifully. So we're good. (laughs) I would not write it. I mean, it'd be wonderful if more people read it, but (laughs) it's hard. But I mean, that's, that's what I, that's where it comes back to the marketing, right? Like that's the kind of thing that uh, no one taught me. Like I had no idea. And I don't, and I don't know that frankly, that in academia, that the current state of academia has the equipment, the tools, the people to actually help someone do that. Right. They don't, they don't know how to yeah. do it. And that's the thing. It's like, it's like somebody needed to tell you like, Jackie, what are all the levers to pull? What is the goal? And what when are all do the you lever- start? levers? And, right. And when do you start? And like the, the answer to the question, when do you start for, for anyone curious, don't make my mistake. You do not start after you've written something. You, you start before yeah. you've even written it. You know, like you start before one word is on the paper. I mean, I just like that point about about investors and about understanding like the cohesion and and people who are making a large investment wanting to understand the the very clear, very buttoned up picture of each step and and every sort of business driver and what's you know where is the where's the revenue actually coming from that shows the potential yeah. growth, like all of that. It's 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 so overwhelming and it's it's also and it really reminds me of that about the the marketing component of feeling like why is this so mysterious and and like these are the things that you're supposed to learn in school but there's another thing I want to I want to get your take on and this is something that I really feel like is also the sort of underrated component of the whole thing. I've often felt like when I'm ankle deep in PubMed <laughs> right for me and and I would say that Perhaps to some extent, I feel like I'm watching this play out on the global scale just by watching the news on any channel at any given moment of, in, in time, right? Is that if I'm watching people who didn't read the discussion, I'm watching people who did not read the whole study or the body of research or the 25 or get to the meta-analysis first, and then you went to each of the studies to look at, oh, is that a rat model? Yeah, it is. Okay. Like, there are certain things that I'm just like, we are now getting a little sneak peek into what this actually sounds like and looks like so that those people could get ready to go into hair and makeup and get on the television and talk to you. So, So like at some point you have to make choices, but like for me, I was never taught to make the choice between really knowing my shit and then getting ready, 
right? Like, so I was just packing it all into a day. <laughs> and now I feel mm-hmm. like, like, what is the cutoff? You know what I mean? Like, like, we don't, we're not really taught the like understanding of like, okay, Jackie, you know enough about the properties of ginger all. <laughs> you, you can get out. You need to step away from the computer. Like, no, but, you know, so like there's right. that component that is the like, the line between the doing the research and being the scientist, right? And then doing the marketing. It's like, if you're expected to do it all in one, where do you draw those lines? And that's why no, no dietitian is ever really like right. the, you know, it's not like a global thing. Right. And to your point, remember when the New York times, which is yes. Anyway, remember when the New York yeah. times did the whole thing about the metabolism and how there's no difference in metabolism until age 60. Yeah. Do you remember that paper? Yeah. And so, of course, I go and dive very deep into yeah. the paper. I get into the NYU yes. library. I start reading it. And I'm like, so I need somebody with a PhD to read this because I want right. to make sure that I I know what I'm talking about. Right. And so, of course, I send it to my PhD friend. And he's like, there are too many regression analysis here yeah. to care. Also, there's 75 people on this paper. I was like, I, Why are copy. there 70? Just, yes. Just wanted to make sure. Just making sure. I, <laughs> Yes, to your point, that's back to this whole thing. If you have to do the research, if you have to do the marketing, if you have to do the see the client, if pitch you have to do the, the billing, investor. yeah, pitch the investor. What are you doing? Right, it's too much. Right, it's too much. So this profession needs to change. Yes, it needs to change. Where do we start? Tell me, tell me where we start. I mean, we start with the stuff that we are doing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. This is it. This is like you do good work. I'm doing good work, and yeah. like the and we have to break away from the establishment so that we can do our own thing, so that we can rise above and like then actually just end up putting pressure on the people at the top. To- You're totally right. That really hits home for me, Vanessa. That also makes me want to cry. I've wanted to. I've had a lot of feelings this morning. <laughs> Yeah, but I know, but, but no, like, you're totally you know, when we're together, right. right? Like, like Jackie, without saying, and I, we, we go so far back that I don't have to say the words, but you know what I'm meaning right now is that you, there's another book for you. Oh, really? There's another book. I know there's another book because you have a wealth of knowledge and information <laughs> in your brain that could do a lot to... Yeah show what happens in this industry and what should be happening. That's a very, it would be like, yes, corporate policy. It would be be a different face doing it. You can do it. You see? Oh, I just got the chills. (laughs) I know. I just got the chills. I got to go write an outline. Yeah. Except, yeah. Except, you know, the whole point of po- of podcasting in general, Vanessa, is that it's so yeah, exciting to actually do this, which is to speak to human beings and have conversations yeah. like this that actually bring it out into the open. Because what kind yeah. of garbage? Okay, before I let you go, because I have had you for a really long time, but I just want to oh. stay on with you forever. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Um, I'm coming over. I'm coming over. Yeah, with no, the dog. we we'll need it. to do that. We need to do that. Yeah. But before we do that, I have to. I have to do two things. First, yeah. I have to ask you because I feel like, in the spirit of what we were talking about before, about the the most annoying that we de- we definitely hit on some of the most annoying things. But if there was one thing that you feel like is on the slow rise on social of like, why are people doing this, or like, why does this X thing have 1 billion hashtags around it. What would you say? Can you just be a snapshot in time? 
Mm-hmm. Can, like, I, why are we still talking about keto and intermittent fasting? Why? <laughs> and then like, and then you go on and you see this person has 3.5 million subscribers and you're like, what? What? I saw a guy on TikTok yesterday. I'll just, this is just a sidebar. Quick sidebar for us. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a guy on TikTok yesterday with over 1 million followers telling people hummus was bad because it had canola oil in it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, done. I'm sorry. I'm you done. just knocked I'm... the soy. Why are you knocking the plants? Uh, there's all I... plants in here and they're all just generally great. What is the problem? Somebody what? came for me about the canola and how when people do that, it drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, they're like, it's gonna mess with your hormones. And I'm like, I just <laughs> according to who? Where did that one come from? It's like doc, functional medicine. Doctors don't know functional yeah. medicine. Oh yeah, I know. Right there, we could do a whole. We'll have to do part two just on that topic. God. Okay. Okay. Now then, okay. This is our real last question. This one, this one, no one is saved from this one, unfortunately. And I did not even give you this one in advance, which I usually like to do, but I feel like you're going to have a good one for me. Let's say, okay, tomorrow, Jeff Bezos calls you up and he's like, Vanessa, we're going to go to space tomorrow. You're going to leave your kids. You're going to leave your husband. You're going for a little while. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going. What is the meal? What's the, what? It can be one meal. It can be a day of meals. It can be, but you're leaving the planet earth for a while. So you're gonna, you're gonna need to kind of fuel up. Like what would be the dream day? What are the most favorite things you can think of? They don't have to be in this country. Cause remember you have a spaceship that you can travel on. So like if we had to go around the world, that would be fine. Yeah. So I'm definitely eating my mother's rice and beans. Cause yes. God knows when I'm going to have it again. Right. Like yeah. I'm right. also eating my mother's beef patties. Haitians also make beef patties way better than Jamaican beef patties. I don't like Jamaican beef patties. Haitian patties are smaller, flakier, delicious. I'm also taking all the Swiss chocolate in the world with me because (laughs) taking all of Switzerland, you can just take Switzerland. Taking all the chocolate. Yeah. Like my aunt sends it to me in like boxes and I eat like 12 bars in one sitting and then I don't eat chocolate for like six months. Just like happens. Um, and then I'm going to take a Benny Tadino's pizza in Hoboken, even though I have the worst heartburn in the world, but a slice is like this big. It's not even an exaggeration. Take a PPI. Uh, You'll be fine. Yep. I'll be fine. And um, <laughs> like an orange seltzer. Oh, an orange seltzer. Wow. Any particular brand yeah. we're choosing here? Uh, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm into Schweppes because I like, it's like more bubbly, but like, any orange seltzer is good. Also, maybe a can of Diet Sunkiss. Very underrated drink. Delicious. Diet Sunkiss sounds delicious right now. I don't know when it's, you say that. There's a, like, there's a, you're right though, that there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, Vanessa, yeah. I cannot even, first of all, I got to go get a Diet Sunkiss. I'm thirsty now. Number one. Yeah. And number two, yeah. I cannot even thank you enough. This was such a glorious treat. I feel oh. like there is so much for listeners and for everyone to have learned from you and you're the best person and I just love you so oh, I love tell you. us tell us all where we can find you and how we can get in touch um, with you and how people can make an appointment to see you or come, one of your amazing dietitians come to kalinahealth.com or follow us on Instagram Kalina Health, and you'll see all the things love it love you Thanks 
so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.